Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh, Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get, 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 get. for your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... MP on the mic. Jalen Hurts didn't look right at any point during that game, which makes the loss all the more disappointing. I'll I'll ask Adam that during our crosstalk time later, which loss he finds more disappointing, the one in Philly or the one yesterday. For me, it was the one yesterday for sure. You get you get gifted the Eagles coughing the ball up twice inside the three-yard line. Once on the goal line, once on the three-yard line, you get the turnover, you take it away, and you can't capitalize on that. You still allow 38 points. The defense still melts down in key situations. The last one was a 50-50. As it, once you got the the Jahan Dotson play to force overtime, it was a 50-50. You could have gone for two, that was a 50-50. You take it to overtime, that's a 50-50. You can't be mad that they lost. I think you could be mad they lost yesterday. I think you could be mad at the way they lost. And we'll go into this. I don't think I don't think there's any benefit to firing Ron Rivera right now because Jack Del Rio's your next guy up, and he's running a defense that's, that's equally responsible for this. I'm not sure you want to give it to Eric Bieniemy. He's got his hands full with Sam Howell right now. He had a nice game plan early, a lot of things to build on, but he's he's still a he was a star running back. Eric Bieniemy, he was a star running back. He was a running backs coach in the National Football League. I'm going to try to arrange some introductions for him. Let him know there are running backs on the Washington Commanders football team. That is a thing he is unaware of. Brian Robinson plays for you. He's the guy in the jersey right there, standing next to you, waiting for you to hand him the ball. Chris Rodriguez, promising young rookie. He would like some carries. Antonio Gibson, he will probably fumble his carries, but he would appreciate having them. What is going on that they have forgotten that you can run the ball, especially when you have the lead in the second half? And I think that was one of Eric Bieniemy's better games. I thought he set Sam Howell up for success. I thought he did some nice things with Curtis Samuel. But dang, if they don't just absolutely refuse to run the ball, in pretty much all situations. 
So that's that's the table on the Commanders. At 10.30, we'll take you inside the Commanders locker room. Really excited for this segment. Had a chance to talk to a lot of players after yesterday's game. Get their thoughts. Not, not a lot of happiness there, uh, but a little bit of insight into what happened. We'll also talk about those replay fiascos both ways. The one Ron Rivera didn't challenge, and then the, the one the refs did allow him to challenge late in the game when the referee's mic wasn't working. That I, I don't think they should have allowed him to challenge. But when you score 31 after a dud of an offensive showing, and when you allow 38 to a team with a banged-up quarterback, you get what you deserve. And, and what they deserved was a loss, and it's a misery Monday on the fan. And we'll, uh, with that, we'll open the phone lines, 833-804-0910. If you've got thoughts on yesterday's Commander's game, if you're ready to usher somebody out of town, we will take those phone calls. It's a misery Monday, but hey, look, I am, I am positive. I'm not Jonathan Allen positive this morning, but I'm a positive guy. We'll rebrand it to, hey, we stopped the tush push Monday. They did it. They did it. They stopped the tush push. Sure, Jalen Hurts just fumbled the snap. But I, I think it was that intimidating D-line that made it happen. I think, it, I think, I think it, was, it was Jonathan Allen staring them down, made him drop the ball, made him not secure the ball. Stop the tush push. Nobody else in football can do that. If there's a team the Eagles don't want to see in the NFC title game, it's these guys. They can stop the tush push. Yes. It's other than that though. Other than other than stopping the tush push, just not a whole lot to speak of defensively and not a whole lot to be excited about defensively. And I I touched on Ron Rivera what I thought was Ron Rivera's worst worst decisions of the game yesterday. The decision to not call for the replay on fourth and four when you could have gotten the ball back. But let's go to Jack Del Rio's worst decision of the day yesterday. Emmanuel Forbes is a rookie cornerback who, by all accounts, got got fried when he was burned by A.J. Brown in Philadelphia during the last meeting of these two teams. By all accounts, that's when... This mental spiral started for Emmanuel Forbes. He was then benched during the Chicago game, sat for a game, played a couple snaps last week in in New York, and then that takes us to yesterday's game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, if I were a coach in the NFL, I'd think, well, all right, A.J. Brown plays for the other team. He's the guy who broke our cornerback four weeks ago. Maybe we should lay low here. Maybe we should have him defend other receivers or play other parts of the field or, you know, hang out a week. We'll catch you next week in New England. You can probably get an interception off of Mac Jones. Instead, they run him out there multiple times to defend A.J. Brown. What in the world are they thinking? And and you could just see Jalen Hurts' thought process at the line. He, like, almost does the double take. All right, I've got... There you go, St. Juice over there, Fuller, got got Cam Curl. I, wait a second. That's the guy we scored all the touchdowns on last time. And he's right back where he was last time. What are we thinking? Ooh, that was a head scratcher. What In what world is it a good idea to have your rookie cornerback who has had his confidence shredded by A.J. Brown. A very good receiver, by the way. None of this is to diminish A.J. Brown in any way. 
he might be the best receiver in football. This is to diminish Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator, who decided a good idea would be to throw Emmanuel Forbes right back in against A.J. Brown after sitting him essentially for three straight weeks for getting burned by A.J. Brown. Now, I guess maybe there's some world where in the back of his head he's like, this will be a redemptive storyline. This will be like that time I called Jamin Davis out and he came back. He was hot fire. Here we go. Jack Del Rio magic. Let's get cooking. Broncos country. Let's ride. No. No, that's not how any of this works. A.J. Brown's one of the best receivers in football. That's your rookie cornerback. And you probably should have sat him for one more game and then let him get right in New England off of the New England Patriots and Mac Brown, who is not very good at football. All that said, and we'll dive into this over the course of the show. I got two hours with you. I'm going to use them all. I think this team can make the playoffs. Call me crazy. I think this is still a playoff team, potentially. There's seven spots in the NFC. Who's in? All right, let's do who's in. The Eagles are in the playoffs, and I think it's okay at this point to say the Cowboys are in the playoffs. They're both in. So that's two from the NFC East. There's two from the NFC West. I think the Seahawks are in at this point. They're playing good football. Uh, I think the Niners will get right and they'll be in, notwithstanding whatever Brock Purdy's going through right now. That's too good of a football team to not bounce back from this three-game losing skit. You got your winner in the NFC North. That'll be the Lions. And you got whoever wins the NFC South. One of them will win. Those are the rules. The Falcons, the Saints, or the Buccaneers. They're essentially in a three-way tie. The Bucs uh, Bucks have played one fewer game than the Falcons and Saints, who are both 500. One of those teams will get to make the playoffs. That's six. That's six spots in the playoffs. They allow seven teams in. So who's your competition for that spot? The Rams? Three and five right now. Just got it handed to them by the Cowboys. Rebuilding here. The Vikings, 4-4, four and four, Kirk Cousins out, Justin Jefferson out. The the Bucks, I, I guess, Baker Mayfield. The Giants, I, I don't know. No, not the Giants. There's a path to that seven seed. And does anybody want to, I mean, it would be a remarkably unsatisfying playoff game just watching them get it, get their butts handed to them in Detroit. But I, I think we're still rolling down that path, and I think until the players concede on the season, you're just rolling. It's it's sunk cost at this point. Ron Rivera is not good enough to get you where you want to go. Jack Del Rio is not good enough to get you where you want to go. But there's no benefit in replacing midseason. There's no no logical choice. The enemy's got to keep working with the offense. It's not where it needs to be. You, you can't throw more things on his plate. Much more of that as we go on when we come back. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Eleven o'clock. We'll check in with the Dukes and the Wahoos. Both of them played this weekend in the world of college football. Our next segment around the NFL. Taylor Heineke back in action in Atlanta 
on a rough day for NFL quarterbacks. But right now, I'm excited about this. We're going to take you inside the commander's locker room from after yesterday's 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Get to hear from some of the players, uh, break down some of the action that took place yesterday. And I want to start with Terry McLaurin because Terry McLaurin had two very uncharacteristic drops yesterday. And the first one, the third down pass, uh, was was a was a bad throw by Sam Howell. I'm not saying the fourth down one wasn't, but but it was not a ball that he should have caught. What was fascinating to me though was on the fourth down, I think that one was a drop. Uh, I score that one a drop on Terry McLaurin. I think he 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 said that after the game. Uh, we're, we'll get to his clip here in a second. Sam Howell said he should have thrown the ball better. That was true, uh, but a really uncharacteristic day for Terry McLaurin. Here's uh, him talking about his drops. There's tough plays that I have to make. You know, I, I made them multiple times across my career. Uh, even made a one towards the end of the game. Uh, uh, I just got to find a way to get my body under the ball and, and, and make that play, even when it's tough. Um, the person I, I am, I, I put a lot of uh, uh, onus on myself to make tough plays, even when they're, uh, they're needed, especially in critical moments. And so, um, you know, when you got a young quarterback, you got to find a way to make those plays. So I definitely own, own that and take accountability. And I know I'm going to come back better next week and for the rest of the season and uh, just continue to uh, put have my teammates trust me uh, by making those plays going forward because um, it's tough when you don't come back, come through for your team. You know, I take that extremely seriously, but uh, my head's still up. I'm going to continue to work and, um, you know, I'm going to be better. One score game and, uh, it, it, very uncharacteristic drops. I, I don't. I don't think anybody's gonna pin this on Terry McLaurin or anything of that nature. Obviously, he's he has more than earned the benefit of the doubt with some of the uh, tough catches he's been put in position to make over the years with the Commanders. He probably owes more than a few quarterbacks, more than a few drops for times where he's hung tight uh, while while getting destroyed by a defensive back because he was put in a bad spot. But it was strange to see back to back Terry McLaurin drops there. Very. Very uncharacteristic for him, and it was on a day where the offense was humming early. Some great play calling from Scott Turner, or that's Scott Turner. It's a great, great play calling from Eric Bieniemy, uh, who's better than Scott Turner, by the way. It, it was it, everything seemed to be going well for them in, until they just stalled out late and they couldn't couldn't get it rolling late. And uh, Brian Robinson, the running back. Uh, not not involved nearly enough. Did not run the ball enough in the second half, uh, which was which was very strange. Here's Brian Robinson in the locker room after the game on the loss. Uh, I think we prepared very very well, and um, you know you know we always talk about you know starting fast, and uh, I feel like we came out and you know we started you know pretty fast, and uh, you know and we also talk about finishing strong. So. Uh, you know, that's something we got to continue to, you know, work on, you know, work on finishing. You know, when we, you know, have a lead on guys and, you know, have the momentum, we got to find a way to you know, keep the lead and keep the momentum in our direction. You know, I hate to lose, you know, uh, especially when I feel like, you know, we was in a you know, great situation, great position, you know, uh, you know, just take off on those guys and, uh, and pull out the win. So, uh, you know, just not finishing, you know, allowing them to, you know, gain the momentum back and, you know, just take over the game. Uh very disappointing. 
Yeah, Washington had this a lot of the way, 14-3 after the the, the Jahan Dotson touchdown, uh, 17-10 after the Joey Sly field goal at halftime, 61-yarder franchise record for the pride of Stafford, 17-10. Even after the Eagles score, they answer back with the Logan Thomas touchdown. It, it was Washington's lead the entire game, or a tie, the entire game up until midway through the fourth quarter, and that that's when things started to rupture for the defense. Uh, this defense held Philly to, to 17 points through three quarters, and then and then the wheels come off, and and then you, you allow the touchdowns. They end up with 38. You have the coverage breakdown. You have Emmanuel Forbes on A.J. Brown. You have a number of just very uncharacteristic things going on on, on, that, on that defense, or rather characteristic things. At this point, given that they've happened for four years under Jack Del Rio, and just you, you knew this was an important game. Ron declared it an important game all week. You come in with a good offensive plan. You finally get that side of the ball right, and the defense really struggles. And uh, talked to Benjamin St. Juice uh, as first of a couple of clips from him. This is about the importance of of closing the game strong when when you're up twenty four seventeen fourth quarter, and, and they couldn't close the door. To win games, to win a lot of games in the NFL, you need to play all four quarters. Uh, it doesn't matter if you come out hot the first half or three quarters and all that stuff. Uh, teams are always going to try to like score as many points as possible and you know, um, you know, come back from trailing and all that stuff. And this is where we need to maybe work a little bit on like you know the, those last couple of series. You know, straining, finishing keeping that same energy that we came out with, you know, to really put them out the game, you know, not even give them a chance to come back, you know. It's really hard. I mean, if you're losing by two plus fours, like it's hard for, for another team to consistently offense come out and be like, okay, we're going to gonna try to put some points on, try, try to put some points. But if you always give them a chance and they score and then the game is tied or they always got a chance to like score a little bit, you always give them life. You know, you got to take that life away fast. That's cool out there. Got to create some turnover, you know, take them out the game right now, you know. So, so that's what we're going to try to work on. The uh, they, it, it's a great point from Benjamin St. Juice, who has uh, certainly a good feel for this team, what it's been over the last few years. There's just so few games where the commanders have dominated or put it away or been able to really take their foot off the gas down the stretch. I, I think about last year in Houston when Houston was so bad and, and they had them the whole way. It was 23 to 10, though, it was never so out of reach that that they could just you know put on the brakes uh there there have been so few of those games along the way where you say okay this game's over let's coast it on in honestly probably the cowboys win from thanksgiving in the first year 2020 the win in dallas on thanksgiving 41 16 and they they beat the cowboys at home too by a big margin that year i think you got to go back three years because because that Houston game, it was close. They they were hanging in there. The Cardinals this year had an opportunity for that. The Broncos this year had an opportunity for that. Didn't take advantage of either. I got to agree with Benjamin St. Juice here. That's a tricky. It's it's a tricky thing when you don't when you don't give yourselves those opportunities. It's hard to it's hard to get the rest you need, and it's hard to be able to you know take take it out of first gear in the fourth quarter. Let you know, let the backups come in. Let Chris Rodriguez get his carries. Uh, David Aldridge, uh, the athletic, was with me. Asked Benjamin St. Joseph a very astute question. Essentially, like y'all play the Eagles good. Like y'all are are tough when you play the Eagles. How come you can't do that against like you know the Giants and the Bears? We came out hot. I like that. We came out uh, leading. Um, you know, uh, there was a lot of game. Like we consistently always trail at half. 
this time we came out, we put points, um, we made our field goal. I mean, what, 61 yard we made a field goal? We had some turnover. We stopped their tush push. Everyone was like, oh, how do you stop it? You know what I'm saying? We stopped it. They fumbled it. We recovered it. Um, so we, there was a lot of great things in this game. Uh, nice about how consistent can we be to do that every single week, you know? So they're, they're, they're a great team. We gave them one hell of a fight. So if we can take that same fight and apply it next week uh, when we play other teams, some great stuff that's going to come out of it. That was uh, that was Benjamin St. Juice after the game. Uh, good chat with him, and he gets it. Like nobody in there doesn't get it in the commander's locker room. And obviously, the signature clip last week w- was Jonathan Allen. You know, it's been seven effing years. I'm tired of this stuff. And and nobody doesn't feel that way. He's the one who said it out loud. Nobody doesn't feel that way. Benjamin St. Juice gets it. Hey, he's as stumped as we are. How how come the how come it's not this sharp against the Giants? How come it's not this sharp against the Bears? Because this is a three and five football team that it's not a reach to say should be five and three. You give them one of the Philly wins, and then and then that Giants win last week, which looks more embarrassing after yesterday's day in the NFL. How bad are the Giants to lose to the Jets on? A day where they essentially have no offensive output whatsoever. The punter was the Jets' best player yesterday. The punter and the field goal kicker. They won the game with one unit. Well, they had the defense. Just special teams scoring points for them. It's That Giants' loss is not aging well. It didn't look good in the moment. It doesn't look good now. This is the frustration. It's year four. We were supposed to be beyond this. It's the NFL. You're going to have a ton of games that you could win or you could lose. You had a ton of games in that middle in that toss-up territory. You're going to also have some games that you just need to win. And these guys have been historically really bad at winning those games. Part of that is the other teams, oh, it's the Commanders. This is the game we can win. But you got to get out of that funk. And I think that's a big part of the frustration this morning. You play the Eagles so well, you almost beat the Eagles twice. Congrats. Trick or treat. Here's some Halloween candy. Good work. But you can't handle your business. You cannot play like that against the Giants when they're begging you to win the game, when they're begging you to beat them. That's the frustration here. Uh, some good stuff. Thank you to, uh, to all the players who who chatted. Uh, we'll have more later in the program, including my chat with Kendall Fuller, cornerback and Virginia Tech grad. And, of course, we got to dive in to this trade deadline as well. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. October 30th, Monday morning. Michael Phillips here. MP on the mic is the program. A sports equinox day. We have what have long been considered the four major pro sports in America, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL, all play tonight. All four sports in action tonight, just the 29th time in history that has happened. So enjoy uh, enjoy the sports equinox tonight. World Series, of course, uh, rolls on with Game 3. The Diamondbacks and the Rangers knotted up. Monday night football is tonight. The Raiders and the Lions, as the Lions look to get to 6-2, and two, hold their own with the NFC's best. 
and tons of NBA and NHL. I'll note the Capitals on a three-game heater. Need to note that because we will not get to note that very often. So it's 1121. We are flying towards the NFL trade deadline, which is tomorrow at 4 o'clock, and it's decision time for the Washington Commanders. And, and I've maintained all along there is zero reason for Ron Rivera to trade anybody because when you trade players, you do it to get draft picks for the future, and Ron Rivera will not be making draft picks in the future. I don't think I'm breaking any news there. Ron Rivera is not incentivized to trade players he can win with this year for draft picks that he will not get to make. He will not be filling out those cards because if we know anything, and that's that doesn't even have to do with Ron the coach, who also isn't going to be here next year. That's more about Ron the GM because if there's anything we know about Josh Harris, it's that he wants a trained personnel man working and getting the the, the roster in 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 shape. He's not going to hire a coach and give him full control over personnel or final say over the roster. That's not his style. And so we got to talk about what they're going to do here because they have two defensive ends, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, who would both theoretically have value on the trade market. Now, they would also have value to a future coach or a future personnel guy. Montez Sweat has been a steady producer for four years now, entering his fifth season. He's done everything they've asked of them of him. He is is not finishing. His sack numbers are not what you would hope for. But he's a steady producer, and it's no surprise the teams are reaching out about him. Chase Young is the opposite. When he's on, he's on fire. And he's been on fire this year. But on the whole, he has largely underachieved during his time in Washington, D.C. Now, this offseason, they wanted to sign Montez Sweat to a long-term deal, which would have been the writing on the wall for Chase Young. I think they still would have had him back this year on the franchise tag, or or, uh, on the the fourth year of his rookie deal. But, uh, But the writing would have been on the wall. Instead, you get the ownership transition. They didn't make that decision. They didn't sign Montez Sweat. So now you got a situation where both of them come up this year. You've also got Cam Curl coming up this year. I don't think he's worthy of the franchise tag. We can go into that in another show, another time on another program. But I don't think he's a franchise tag guy. I do think he's a guy you want to re-sign. I think you want to make him a nice offer. I just don't think you want to hit him with the franchise tag. I don't think Ron's going to trade Montez Sweater, Chase Young. If it's one of the two, you get the sense Chase is the one he'd want to deal just because of the freelancing, because from time to time he doesn't play inside of Jack Del Rio's defense. But I think he's the one who would get less on the trade market. I think you're looking at a third-round pick for him. You get in one year Chase Young, and then you can give him the tag if you want to give him the tag, but that's not that's not enormously great from a, from a a future team perspective. That's You can overpay him if you want to overpay him and guarantee him hanging around, essentially. I think Montez is the guy you trade. I don't think they will because Ron's viewing everything through this lens of how do I set the team up for the future best? He wants to set this roster up to win a future Super Bowl, which he would view as his vindication at that point. I think the guy you need to be looking to trade over the next 28 hours, 28 hours, 35 minutes, is Jacoby Brissett. We saw, we've seen enough from Sam Howell to know you're riding with him the rest of the year and you're letting him develop the rest of the year. 
He did some great stuff yesterday, by the way. He did some fantastic stuff learning from the last time they played Philly, learning from the Giants game, and then absorbing those into the game plan and executing what was on the whole a very good game plan from Eric Bieniemy. We can talk about the lack of a run game later, but Sam Howell is moving in the right direction. You're going to let him start the rest of the year. If Sam Howell gets hurt in the next few weeks, it nothing matters. Not to be an overly fatalist, fatalistic about this, if Sam Howell gets hurt, nothing matters. Throw Jake Fromm in there. Throw somebody else in there. Who cares at that point? You're not achieving your goals. Might even play you into a better draft position. Because the Sam Howell development story is what matters. Jacoby Brissett should be in demand right now. Cleveland's got a Deshaun Watson situation brewing. And by the way, they they very much see themselves as still in it. You've got, I mean, Minnesota, the Jets. You've got lots of teams that think if, if we add a quarterback, maybe we can push ourselves over the finish line here. The Jets are 4-3. and three. Despite Zach Wilson being absolute hot garbage every single time he touches the football, Cleveland is four and three, despite Deshaun Watson being hurt and struggling. Tennessee, three and four, well coached, has Will Levis, Malik Willis. I, I don't even know what they're doing there. Nobody knows what they're doing there. You got teams that, that would theoretically want a quarterback. Now, I could also see not dealing him to Minnesota just because they could be the competition here for the, for the seventh spot, for the wild card spot. And, and Ron still wants that playoff spot as validation at the end of the year, to be sure. But I'd be shopping him. I would be shopping Jacoby Brissett because I've seen enough from Sam Howell to say, okay, he's got nine more games and Eric bieniemy has got nine more games with him. Now, I'm not mad at the progress they've made so far. They've been doing all right. They've been dialed in. And I think they're moving in a great direction. But if you can get anything of value for Jacoby Brissett on a one-year deal, I think you look into that. I think you make that move. That's the NFL trade deadline. When we come back, a little more on the Commanders. It's a misery Monday. We stop the tush-push Monday. Victory Monday for JMU. A moral victory Monday for UVA. Overtime loss in Miami. We'll call that moral victory Monday. I'm not opposed to dishing those out on this show. And an exhibition victory Monday for the VCU men's basketball team. Lots to celebrate, lots to talk about. We got another half hour with you, then AWOD Radio takes over. It's MP on the mic. It's a Monday edition. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 1051 FM. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 1051 FM. In a moment, we'll play my chat with Kendall Fuller from after yesterday's Commanders loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. But before that, we'll dive into the exciting world of instant replay. And there were two two moments that stand out from yesterday's game. And, and you've, you've almost certainly seen the clip from the first one. Devontae Smith catches a pass on fourth and one. The, the Commanders players on the sideline all immediately yell, he didn't catch it. The, the Eagles run to the line real quick. Jalen Hurts gets the quick snap. Ron Rivera does not challenge. Here's Ron Rivera on why he did not challenge that play, that catch. I didn't see it on the screen. I was looking at the screen to see if there was something that could help you with it. And then I was waiting to hear somebody upstairs, you know, did you see it or not? I mean, I, I, I still don't know whether it was or wasn't complete. It wasn't complete? No. That didn't sound great, but... 
Ron Rivera saying essentially we we didn't see it in time, so we didn't challenge. And this is why Ron Rivera is not going to coach the Commanders next year because that's fine on a regular third down completion in the flow of action. This was fourth down. If you challenge that and they overturn it, you get the ball. You get to possess the football and get to go try to score and win the game and tie the game. If this, if this is as big a situation in the game as you can get, why wouldn't you use every tool at your disposal to make sure it ends up correct, to make sure you get the right outcome? And then what happens two plays later? Emmanuel Forbes is guarding A.J. Brown. Sorry, three plays later. Emmanuel Forbes is guarding A.J. Brown. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? And that's the frustration. I don't think this roster is bad. I'm not saying they're Super Bowl good. I think Sam Howell is still developing, obviously. But you've got a decent roster here with some players who can play. And dang if the coaches don't do their best to make sure they are not in any sort of position to win every single week. And and not challenging the calls and not making the action. Not understanding the gravity of the game's situation. While your players are yelling at you to do it right there on the sideline. Let's just name a player coach the rest of the way. They seem to have a feel for what was going on there, the importance of the moment. You can't always just do whatever the players tell you to do, but in this situation, you got to at least listen. You got to at least say, something funny is going on here. Maybe we should take a look at it. The second one was a little more interesting, and that was as the Eagles were running out the clock and then and then gave it back to Washington. They, I'm sorry, this is Washington driving with the ball shortly after. Sam Howell completes a fourth down pass, or a third down pass to Jahan Dotson. And at that point, there's an injury on the Eagles. And so the play stops for a second. Then when we come back, the pass has been ruled incomplete, and Ron Rivera has challenged it. The challenge is unsuccessful. Ultimately, they turn the ball over. Ultimately, the Eagles score, go up by two scores. That's that's the final margin here. What happened here was, and before that, by the way, you had a, a Chris Paul ineligible man downfield penalty. He thought it was a run. He starts blocking. It was actually a pass. He should have stayed back. It wasn't perfect on the offensive line. Sam Howell made the biggest strides forward yesterday. Eric Bieniemy made strides forward. At center, Tyler Larson did did well. I think Chris Paul is going to have some demerits when, when, when we open up the game tape, when he gets the judging from, from the coaches. But what happened was the passes ruled complete to Jahan Dotson on the field. During the injury break, they do this now. The, the NFL, the replay people in New York, can get in the referee's ear and essentially spare them a replay and say, no, here's what happened. And the replay people get in there and say, hey, we just saw it. It's incomplete. And so the ref changes the call to incomplete. His microphone's not working. It took a long time to do that. Ron Rivera has called in a first down play. He's surprised when they go back out there. And I think it's genuine surprise. I think the refs botched this. Rivera then challenges the play, which to me is the silly part of the whole thing. The rest should have told him, pick up your challenge flag. The replay crew has already told us what happened. Instead, they accept the challenge. You know, you got the, you got the referee on the field who says he caught the pass. And then somebody from New York says, 
No, he didn't catch the pass. Then Ron Rivera runs out with his red flag and says, why don't you ask New York what they think? What do you think New York thinks? They just talked in the guy's ear. Now, I don't think this is what replay was intended to, to accomplish at all because that replay's not even close to conclusive, and Ron mentioned that several times in the postgame. He was frustrated because the point of the, the replay official in the referee's ear is if there is an obvious mistake, if there is something that went clearly wrong, to help them correct it. That was not an obvious mistake. The, the implementation of replay continues to be half-hearted at best. It's very uneven. It's very inconsistent. Where you have plays that don't get overturned, where it seems obvious, is, ah, it, wasn't, it wasn't fully conclusive. And then you just have one guy in New York in a headset, like, ah, change it. I saw something there. It's not, not, what the, not the point of this. That's not why the commanders lost, but it's a weird quirk, and also that they allowed him to challenge and use a timeout. Not why the commanders lost. The commanders lost because the defense allowed a touchdown because two guys were standing there staring at each other. The defense allowed a touchdown because Emmanuel Forbes was against A.J. Brown, which continues to blow my mind. I'm going to keep saying that sentence until it makes sense, but it probably never will. Jalen Hurts didn't even look good. Jalen Hurts didn't look good. They turned the ball over twice inside the three. Those are the games you have to find a way to win, and they did not find a way to win. All right, locker room after the game, I chatted with Kendall Fuller. Always love catching up with Kendall Fuller. Cornerback on the team has had a great season so far. Acquitted himself well yesterday. St. Juice did too. We heard from Benjamin St. Juice earlier in the program. He was he was in coverage on that, that touchdown catch. It was just out of this world insane. Nothing he could have done on that one. And sometimes, sometimes the other team just makes some plays. Uh, but chatted with Kendall Fuller, got his thoughts on the team as a whole, some of the plays yesterday, and we will... Play that for you right now. You're listening to MP on the mic. Specifically, you guys were able to make them fumble on the, the tush-push play that they do. Is there anything you had prepped for? And I didn't know other teams been able to stop that yet. Uh, yeah, they prepped for it. Um, yeah. Up front, just kind of did something a little bit different. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, D-line made a heck of a play. Um, then you guys get the, the turnover inside the three as well. What, what was it that you guys were able to shut them down once they got into the red zone? I mean, we just we were able to get two turnovers. Um, you know, production is always at the ball, being able to to play physical um, and just attack the ball. Um, and, and we did that. Came up with two raison turnovers, which was big. And uh, we just got to keep on working to make get more stops. And there was a late touchdown. Looked like there was a coverage communication breakdown. And can you, I guess, illuminate for us what was what was going on there? Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll watch the tape, learn from it. Um, we just got to be better at just communicating, make sure we get everybody in the right spot, and things like that. So. Um, Tough situation. It hurt. Um, you know, anytime you give up points late in the game, it always hurts. But definitely something we got to be better at. Anything you guys tell Forbes comes back out there, give, gives up the touchdown, and obviously he was looking forward to that that rematch. Yeah, I mean, you just keep on playing. You keep on competing, man. That's that's life as a DB. Um, and, and you know, we all been there. We all we all get plays made on this. That's that's going to that's going to happen in the NFL. And uh, you just keep on coming back. You keep on competing. And we got I don't know what is it, week seven or eight. We got. Eight, nine more games left, and you just work work throughout the week, uh, put the work in, and, and go make your plays the next week. Coach is sure he feels this is a team that can make that step, get to the playoffs. You guys still have that confidence? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's week eight. You can prepare for week nine, and you take one week at a time, and uh, that's all you can do. That's the only thing you can control. So we just got to control what we can control. It's a game in New England on Sunday. They'll play the Patriots. It's a winnable football game. 
things you like. Sam Howell, Sam Howell developing nicely and made some big strides forward yesterday. Things you like that at some point the running backs get the ball, and when they do, good things usually happen. Maybe Eric Bieniemy will give the ball to them more. Things you like, uh, you know, the, the talent on the defensive line. You still like that, and, and the special teams, Joey Sly's 61-yard field goal. And the thing you really like is the playoff picture. Seven teams are going to make the playoffs out of the NFC this year. That's the rule. You have to pick a seventh. It doesn't matter how bad they are. Philadelphia is going to make the playoffs. We know that after yesterday. I think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. I think we can say that with certainty. They're 5-2 and two right now. I'm going to put them in. Detroit's in. They're going to win the NFC North. The NFC South will have a winner. I don't know who that is. Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, all in a three-way tie. I find it hard to believe that division will produce two playoff teams. And I think you will get two out of the NFC West. Seattle's leading the division right now with the Niners on a three-game skid. The Niners will be in the playoffs, though, when this is all said and done. So that's six playoff teams. Philly, Dallas, Detroit, NFC South winner, Seattle, and San Francisco. Who's your seventh team? Right now it's the Vikings. They don't have Kirk Cousins. They don't have... They don't have... I mean... They could trade... They don't have a lot of hope, though, without Kirk Cousins. He was he was a straw stirring that drink. Jeff, Justin Jefferson's not playing either, but without unless they make a big trade, I don't see it happening. The Rams, Rams are three and five. They don't look all that good. The Giants, I don't know. Win Sunday in New England, get that that Patton and Rod Rivera heater going. You got the buy in early December, recharge, win a couple down the stretch. I think this is still possibly a playoff team, even though Ron Rivera won't be coaching it next year. It's it's a walk-off for him, and I think it's something worth chasing. This isn't a team that's going to finish losing out. This isn't a team that's going to all of a sudden have a top-five draft pick. Might as well win some games. Might as well build what you got, and I like what you got with Sam Howell right now. When we come back, it's Crosstalk with AWOD. AWOD Radio takes over the top of the hour. Before that, we'll get his thoughts on the issues of the day, just two scholarly men debating scholarly issues. It's what we do. You're listening to 910 The Fan, not 105.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.